the anointing. That was the, that was the Spirit of God hooking up and saying, I'll listen to that. I'll do that. I'll, I will bless your land. Hallelujah. And as I looked across the congregation, I saw the ones that served in our armed forces. And I was so moved. They know what that flag means. There are classrooms today where the teachers refuse to pledge allegiance to the flag. There are people that say it's not politically correct to, you know, salute to the flag of America. But I want you to know something. Not in this house. We honor God and the work that He has established. And I like what Jesus said. Those that are not against us, they're for us, you know. Praise God. So anything that promotes the cause of freedom in Christ and the Word of God and the new birth and the plan that Father wanted from the very start, we favor that. And America has been a proponent for years and years. She's teetered. There's no such thing as a perfect nation. There's no such thing as a perfect person. You know that. But all the more reason why we need God to shed His grace on us. Amen? We're going to do things just a little bit differently today. Uh, this is, comes to you in the form of a testimony slash message. And I am persuaded, as is pastors, Mark and Brenda, that it is essential that this congregation learn to share victories. Because your victory affects other people. Amen. You shouldn't keep victories to yourself. First of all, when you have a victory in your life and you share it, you overcome the devil by the blood of lamb and the word of your what? Of your testimonies. I think sometimes we get dull because we think that maybe a testimony is too small. Friend, there's no such thing as too small a testimony. David went from the lion to the bear to Goliath. And I know that he grew in intensity. Praise God. We celebrate every victory in this church. But today we have our expectors out for you to get your appetite ready for even greater miracles and greater moves of God in your life. Praise the Lord. I'll share just a few things and then I'm going to invite Pastor Kimberly. And by the way, thank you for singing that song. That was so anointed. Thank you. Thank you. You believe God with us, there is a lot of detail that maybe we'd like to do. But it isn't about detail, it's about spirit deposits. Everybody say this, I will receive a spirit deposit today for miracles in my life. Amen. First of all, Proverbs 12.25 says that heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop. Far too many Christians stooping. There is an attack, not only on America, there's an attack on families. There's an attack on single people, married people. And this attack comes in many ways. It's, it's like no holes barred, it seems like. And one of those is the attack of finances. And today we're going to be talking about financial miracles. Financial miracles, financial breakthroughs. Tapping into God's provisional miracles. Friends, provisional miracles are everywhere in the Bible. Everywhere. And uh, we, we are going to do the best to share many of them. But one of the most powerful things that we could share today is a provisional miracle that happened in our life. Now, why is that important? Because we are supposed to be examples to the flock. Amen. 
The Bible talks about how we are to be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit promises. Let's find somebody that's actually getting something done, inheriting a promise, and let's go see, follow them. Hallelujah. I'm with Pastor Mark on this one. I'm not into following losers. How many of you want to follow losers? You were not born to lose, like the country song says. You were born to win. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to lose. No, who always some, always causes us to triumph. That means win. There's something in the human spirit that when you win, when things are set aright, something arises and it's like the, you, you know you celebrate. It's easy to rejoice. And there's something in the heart of man that when you lose... Or when it looks like you're losing, it causes your heart to stoop. Friends, before you leave today, my prayer for you is that every heart will be lifted up and you'll be ready for the day, ready for the season of life, ready to receive your miracle. Proverbs 15.30 says this, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart and a good report makes fat the bones. I want some P-H-A-T today on your bones. (laughs) Praise God. And... uh, just preface this before Pastor Kimberly prepares. She'll, you go ahead and want to get that, that microphone, hun. Joshua twenty four fifteen says, If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will do what? We will serve the Lord. Friends, there's a, there's a buzzword in... In financial markets today, it's called the new normal. How many of you heard that? It's called the new normal. In other words, all the trends in the financial area, be it global or be it local, they're saying that, well, patterns are happening today like we've never seen before. And so we just need to get used to the, quote, new normal. And they're trying to deposit fear into the hearts of people. They don't know any better. But they're saying, this is the new normal. Get used to it. I'm sorry. As a Christian, this is not, that's not the new normal that I'm buying into. There's a whole new normal for Christians. I got a new normal for you today. The new normal is walking in miracle provision by God. That's what we're here to talk about today. Well, should you, be ta- that's, should you be talking about that in church? You know, the enemy is strategically trying to stop the word. And, you know, how do you stop the word? Well, if you could stop families. And then if you could stop churches and you could stop pastors. If you could shut doors. If you could shut out. You have effectively diminished the word. But God's out for putting the word out. Is that right? So the more that you are blessed, the more God propels the word across the globe. This congregation is a sampling of congregations all around the world. Congregations in Greece, Spain, Italy. Come on, somebody help me. There is a global attack, if you will. And people in the finan- the talking heads on TV are trying to say this is the new normal. But church, I'm going to tell you what the real new normal is. God is turning things around. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. God is turning things around. I'm getting a preach coming on. Hallelujah. What he's trying to get us to do is what Job's wife tried to get him to do. In Job 2.9, this said his wife to him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. You know, he kept holding on to God. And when she saw his pathetic condition, she said, you know, just give up. What's the use of serving God? Just curse, die, and get it over with. Friends, that's not how it's going to play out. Amen. That's not what Job did. Job was blessed twice as much at his end. Come on, somebody. 
and we're ready, we're getting ready to embrace the new normal. It's called debt-free living. It's called every need supplied. Before she starts, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Something that I just kind of learned as I was reading that book, God's Supply. There is a difference between lack and need. There's a difference. And this is key to you. And before I turn this over to Pastor Kimberly. All right, listen to this. God has promised to supply all of our need. Listen. According to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Need. What is lack? Need means that you require something and you're going to go because there's a supply there. Lack means that the supply has run out. Very simple, Lord gave me this definition. Do you remember uh, when back, I guess it was in the 70s or 80s or something, there was, there was a shortage of gasoline? And do you remember those long lines and maybe even people had to alternate the days they could get? Because if you were planning a trip, you had a need, right? For gasoline, some of you are going to be taking a drive later today. You have a need for gasoline. But there's this, there is inherently in Americans, there was this mindset that I can, how can I take a road trip from San Francisco to New York? There's not even a concern because you know that you need gasoline and you don't have the entire supply of gasoline at the top of your trip. Do you carry a full tank? I mean, a huge tank to supply you? No. You expect that when you get to a certain place, the supply will be there. There will be gas stations when you get there. That is not lack. That is need. Of course, you're going to drive about 400 miles or so, average. And then close to the 400 mile mark, you better find a gas station. But you pull in and you have a need. But there isn't lack because you're going to get gasoline. You expect that there are gas stations along the way. Child of God, understand that along our pathway in life, God is trying to say, I will supply all of your need according to the gas stations along your trip. Listen to me now. Many of us would rather take our trip with a huge tanker. We want to take a huge tanker as we start. Our trip. But whoever thought of that, whoever even conceives of that, that you have to have a foot only airplanes. <laughs> I guess if you're an airplane, I just saw Lori over there. I said, you're right. Airplanes have to make it all the way. <laughs> That's why they have large gas. But I'm talking about cars, people. <laughs> but see, we do that with cars. Why can't we do that in our walk in life? Expect that there are gas stations along the way and when the, when the needle says need, you pull into a place and there it is. And there it is. And there it is. And there it is. You need food and there it is. You need clothes and there it is. You need to pay the tuition bill and there it is. But most of us, listen, most of us, we want to have several million. This is the world way of thinking. They want several million in the bank. So they say, now I'm set. They want to go through life with a, hey, if that's you, uh, you know, I'm happy for you. But most of us, that's not us. Most of us, we have a place of need when we come upon life. And check this out. Your point of need is what qualifies you for the supply. It qualifies you for a supply. When you pull up into a gas station and your tank is full, you can't put any more gas in it. It's just going to spill on the ground. Is that right? So 
the larger your vision and the more responsibility and capacity that you are responsible for, the greater your tank. All right? But see, as Christians in this new normal, we're pressing for more things, not for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. Now, lack is, on the other hand, something we've been redeemed from is that you start with a full tank and you get someplace and there aren't any gas stations. Like, oh, there isn't a gas station. Or when you get there, there's, there's a shortage of gas. You can hear, no, sorry, we don't have any gas. Then you come over here and the line is 300 cars and then you run out of gas before you actually got to the park. That's lack. How many of you see the difference? Can you see that? Can you see the difference? He has promised to supply all of our need according to his riches and glory and said nothing about lack. The only thing I know about lack in the Bible for a Christians is that the young lions do hunger and suffer lack, but not Christians. Amen. Pastor Kimberly, come and share before I use up all of our time. Somebody give her a hand as she comes. Actually, he's going to kibitz here. He's going to help me. Um, what I'm going to do is give you a timeline. This has to do with a miracle with our home and uh, the loan we had on our home. And this is truly amazing. Um, I'm going to have to go back a little bit, and God's going to help me do this really fast. <laughs> In Jesus' name. We have been homeowners since 1980, probably 86 or 87, when Tom's mother actually gave us some money for a down payment on a condominium, which we bought in Castro Valley. We thought we were going to live in that condo for a couple of years and then move up to a house because we needed a house because we were having another child and it was a two-bedroom condo and we had two boys and it was getting crowded. Well, we ended up living in that condo 12 years. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be patient. You know, that's, that's part of, of what, this, what, what this whole thing is about. you got to use your patience and you don't, you don't quit while you're using your patience. Um, the number one point I think I want to make as we're doing this is be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. As we have gone through these various things, we have learned how to press in and be led by the Spirit of God as never before. And you're going to see that we weren't perfect in some of these things. We missed God in some things. And, you know, when you miss God, you don't want to do it again because all kinds of bad things happen. <laughs> you want to get back on that center road and stick. And, like, I'm never going to miss your voice again. So, back to the condo. We uh, uh, lived there 12 years. Uh, in 2000, uh, we had a miracle. We actually sold our condo at the highest price any condo in that complex had ever sold. And uh, it was when the market was going up. And, but the miracle was is that we bought our home in San Leandro for a very low price. So we sold high, bought low. We actually purchased our home for 289 which was a very good price at that time. And um, somebody walked up to the front door of the, the current owners the next week and said, we'll give you 350 for this house. And they said, no, we like these pastors. We want to sell to them. That was the miracle of God, that they favor. didn't... They didn't <laughs> it was favor. And so they sold to us, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, in 2005, uh, of course, you know, housing prices went up again. Our house uh, more than doubled in, in value. And so we were encouraged to uh, purchase uh, investment property with some of our equity in our home. So wanting to be good stewards, you know, we thought, oh, this sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good idea. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> How many times you heard led. that? Everybody's doing it. You better be oh, led. Boy. 
So we were not praying enough, I'll be honest, um, but we were encouraged by certain people, and we took some money out of our home, and we purchased a condo in San Lorenzo as uh, investment property. To do that, we had to get a new loan on our primary residence and, of course, the loan for the new property. These were both bad loans. We didn't know that. We were a year and a half into it, and we started to realize something's not right here. Can I interject at this point? Yes, please. The Bible is very specific about usury. Usury is not a term that we use tremendously fluently in the American language, but what it means is placing someone in an inordinate financial situation with either really high of an interest rate that's inordinate or to put them in a real difficult position, basically to enslave them to something that they can't ever pay back. And many of you out there have been placed in that situation. Not all. And if you haven't been placed in that situation, you are victims, if you will, or the enemy is trying to make you a victim of someone that did it, or you know someone that did, or it affects the house you live in if you're a renter. And many of you have been displaced. There's all this displacing that's been going on, an upheaval. And then those of you that never even bought anything, I mean, didn't purchase anything, the values went down. It affected and is affecting all of us. There are people, and I don't have to go into a whole lot of it. There are people, if you have lost something, and before you've got to put the disclaimer in there, the disclaimer is this even if you didn't buy or sell property, it is affecting you today. Amen. There are jobs that are being forfeited, there are values that have gone down, taxes are going up. This is a demonic strategy to stop the word of God. I am so convinced of that. And usury is quite against the law of God. Go ahead. Amen. So, uh, if we had sold that investment property, if we had been listening to God and sold it nine months later, we would have made $80,000 on it. That was probably what we should have done. But when we purchased, and it was the first time that we had ever been landlords, you know, and done that sort of thing, we were stuck. We, we didn't want to... Um, evict our, our tenant, we, were, we felt sorry for her, we were, you know, all kind of things, all kind of emotional things. You cannot be led by the Spirit of God by your emotions. Amen. So, because we didn't do that, all kinds of problems started happening in that condo complex with this tenant. Oh, I won't even go into it, but, but there was all kinds of things with her relatives and somebody was, on, was paroled and they had, you know, they had a fight right out in front of the house with gun, with knives, you know, and all this stuff. And the police were called. Well, none of that would have happened if we had evicted her and said, I'm sorry, we're going to be selling this property. So problems, problems, problems. Okay. So then we, we decided, okay, we have got to, we realized at that point that we had these bad, you know, um, adjustable rate mortgages and we needed to get rid of them. We needed to get the money we, uh, we could and put it back in our primary residence, see what we could do. So that was the year, that was 2007. That was when the housing market started to tank. Everybody remember that? Okay, we had our property and during that time we had to make, we did evict our tenant um, nicely. And she did find another place to live. It was fine. Um, we were making double loan payments for nine months. We were putting all kinds of money into the condo because it needed to be upgraded in order to sell during that market. It had to look good in order to sell. We were there every waking moment for nine months fixing the place up. 
And there was other people in the church that were helping us. Our friends, Barry was helping us paint. And I mean, Mark Berlemeyer was helping us paint. It was just a nightmare. It was a night. God is not a nightmare. Did you know that? Uh, when, you, when you're in the will of God, it's not a nightmare. Here, here's something that I seem to have missed in this whole endeavor. The blessing yes. of the Lord maketh rich. <laughs> and he, what, you, you see, you know more. You, you, I wish you were teaching it. And, and he has no sorrow with it. But see, what we're trying to do is now, we're, we're backtracking and we're trying to salvage things. But here's, here's what God wants to talk to you about. Many of you are in situations that are very difficult. You are stuck in a contract or you're stuck in a scenario or it seems like you're, I won't say stuck, you're in choosing of words. Choice of words is very, very important when you're dealing with this sort of thing. God is, going to, is helping you and helping us to pull away from that and then not only just get back, but restore things, praise God, so that you could be on top and not on the bottom. Go ahead. Amen. So we actually had the property sold three times, and it fell out of escrow every time. So you can imagine how this makes us feel every time. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and during that, you know, we're trying to keep our faith out there. You're sold in Jesus' name. Every time we drive by that place, you are sold in Jesus' name. You are sold. Okay, so the price is going down. Every time this happens, we have to lower the price because the market is crashing as never before. So every time our realtor would call, it's another 20. You better, you got to reduce the price another 20,000. You got to reduce it another twenty thousand. You know, for a while there, Tom's like, I don't want the realtor to call me anymore. <laughs> but, but we were blessed, you know, because this person was at—they were at least ahead of the wave. We finally sold it in November of uh, two thousand seven for a, for a loss, for a pretty big loss, and uh, we we had to take money out of our retirement to pay off the realtor and close the deal because we're faithful. First of all, we paid off the loan. Okay, um, so. But we were still in trouble. So we, at that point, uh, we had already repented for not really listening to God better. We had to do some things inside, and this is important. We had to let go of what we thought was the right thing to do. We, had, we knew God had given us our home, um, but we thought at that point we might lose our home. And so, you know, you go through all that turmoil, those of you that have gone through it, and I've talked to a few that have lost your homes, and you know what that's like. It's like it's ripping your heart out. This is my home. But, you know, a couple of sleepless nights, and we were like, okay, Lord, it's just a house. And number one, you've got to remember that. It's just a house. It's not about the house. It's about the fight. It's about what Say does God that. want you to Say do. That. It's not about the house. It's not about the job. It's not about that. It's about what's going on in the spirit realm and what does God want you to do about it. So we kept praying and uh, God began to um, reveal to us that, yes, he wanted us to fight for it. So we we hung in there. (laughs) Um, About that time, uh, Pastor Tom, as he's praying in the spirit, he starts praying, chase, 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 chase. And every time he's praying in the Holy Ghost, chase comes up, chase comes up. Um, Our loan was with Washington Mutual. Okay. So, so before, I might as well interject because the time is moving. So one of the critical components is that we must be led by the Spirit and we must pray in the Holy Spirit. You must pray in the Holy Spirit. You must declare and say exactly what He tells you to say and pray. I, I, my prayer life was never stronger, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Fools because of 
because of their foolishness and whatever, they, they are afflicted. But then they turn to God and cry to God. You never saw so much crying all your life. You never saw so many four o'clock mornings with a candle and a guitar in your whole life. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, I love you. Please help me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'll tell you one thing. It will focus and locate where your faith is. Yeah, it will. It will help you set your priorities. Yeah. When we, when, I'm telling you, we finally came to a place of peace. We said, okay, so what is, why are we here for anyway? Uh, we started, I started to repent really big because I realized, you know, I realized I had confidence in certain things, financial markets, certain strategies. Friends, there's nothing stable but the Word of God. There's nothing stable but the Kingdom of God. There are people... That, well, you don't understand is that, that I had just a minimum wage job. It has nothing to do with minimum wage or maximum wage. There are plenty of people in the Madoff scandal that lost billions. Listen, all around the globe, there are people that are pauper today. And the one ingredient that's different between them and us is that we've got favor and we've got promise and we've got supply and they don't. That's why they jump out of buildings. I'm not jumping off no bridge. Don't you even go there with yourself. Because you're going to find out in a minute if we've got to kind of move fastly because it's 1130. Praise God. Okay. I see they're excited in the booth. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you. The hands are waving. The, the hankies will come out in a minute. Praise God. So here we are, 2007. Okay. Finally got it sold November 2007. Uh, 2008. Uh, for the next year, actually our payments had kept going up. And I was praying and Chase, were, Chase. And, the, and he was praying I didn't Chase, know what Chase. that was. He didn't know what that was. So our payments kept going up. They, they had gone up $1,000 a month just to hang on to our house. But we were not quite in the same boat as some other folks have been in. We must have been on a different index or something. But starting in January of 2008, for the next year, over the next year, our payment fell $1,000. So it started to come down. But, you know, we were pressured, man. Our budget was so pressured. Oh, our son was in private school. He was in a senior year. We didn't want to throw him out. You know, it's like, okay, we got to finish this, Lord. We were in faith for those payments every month. Out of the blue, my dad gives us a car. It was a classic Maserati, uh, Chrysler Maserati car that was a classic car, but we ended up being able to sell that for $5,000, which was almost what his entire tuition for the year. So, you know, things came like that. People gave us gifts out of the blue. You know I, mean? I mean, we were believing God for every penny, speaking it. Okay. Uh, 2009, we, we uh, attempted to refi with the Making Home Affordable plan. And we're thinking, okay, maybe the government plan will help us a little bit. Let's see what we can do. Nobody was looking at us. We had, tried, we had called innumerable people to try to refi, and nobody would look at us because the house by this time was upside down. Uh, it was worth $200,000 less than what we owed. So we're upside down. All right. Uh, several things occurred at this point that are really crucial. Uh, one is, first of all, you've got to realize we were sowing all along. We never stopped tithing. We never stopped giving. I think you need to we, repeat that again. We never stopped tithing. <laughs> we never stopped giving. And we never stopped helping other people. Sometimes financially we were helping other people, okay? Um, and that's not, that isn't for us to pat ourselves on the back. Those are just things you do to make yourselves available for the blessing of God. You can't earn the blessing of God. Amen. You cannot earn it. 
You just be a faithful person. You know, be a faithful person. Do the word as much as you know you do. Amen? Amen. We were confessing. We were meditating. I had my, my notebook with all my prosperity scriptures. I'm reading through that. That I Have a Supply book by Nancy Dufresne became my, my second Bible. I was reading that. That's in our bookstore, by the way. Great book. Um, to keep your faith high. To make sure you don't start saying negative things about your situation. You've got to keep saying the right things. I'd like to just say something that she says in her book. She says, if you have a financial need, you, your, your greatest point of antidote for a need, or if you see lack trying to come on you, is the gospel. You don't need more money. You need the gospel. You need word. Because word will get you back on the saddle again to find those places of supply. It'll get you back. If somebody handed you money, you'll spend it all and then you'll be in the same place. Amen. Gospel. Amen. He preached the gospel. Tell them, how do I know if you're the Christ? Well, tell them that they have, the poor have the gospel. Preach to Preach them. To them. Yes. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. One crucial turning point. I was sitting right there in church. Uh, I believe it was November of, of last year. And I was sort of just praying over this and... and through this whole process, we're thinking, you know what? I'm never going to be in debt again. I'm starting to proclaim that my loan is paid in full. Not just that we're in a better place, that the loan's paid in full. And I'm praying in the spirit and I'm sitting there and the Holy Ghost speaks to me. He doesn't speak to me like this very often, but it was almost an audible voice. It was that strong. And he said, um, we had uh, loaned some money to some folks and they had tried diligently to pay us back and, and they were struggling and and jobs kept getting lost. And, you know, they were really trying hard and, and doing their best. But it was a burden for them. And it was close. You know, they had paid. It was $5,000. They had paid back some, a few hundred of it over several years. And the Lord said, why don't you just sow that seed? Why don't you just forgive that debt and sow it as seed towards paying off your home loan? And it was loud. It's like, Okay. <laughs> So I, it was loud. I, I, so I went home and I, I told Pastor Tom and we prayed about it for a couple of days and that's what we did. We just forgave it. I mean, for us, that was a lot of money. That you was know, tuition. That, that was tuition money. That was different things. But I had such an assurance in my heart that it was the right thing to do. And this is, it's a precious seed. The Bible says they come bearing precious seed. So we put that precious seed in the ground joyfully. And we were happy to do it. And it was a blessing to those folks too. Hallelujah. So, here we are in January of 2010. So we, we decide, after praying some more, we actually we consulted a lawyer. Should we, should we go after these people? Oh, through this whole thing, guess who acquires Washington Mutual? Chase. Chase. <laughs> Pastor Tom's been praying, Chase, 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 long before this happened. And they got all these bad loans. They got 22,000 loans like ours from Washington Mutual. Okay. So we, we told the lawyer, we're almost thinking, should we go after him for predatory lending? What should we do? And finally, Tom said, you know what? We should just, we need to apply one more time. Let's apply one more time. And we had peace about that. Okay, let's, let's do the making new home affordable thing, the HAMP program, whatever it is. Let's apply. A lot of miracles there. Got our, God got our papers in through a department that doesn't even take people unless they're in foreclosure. And they took our stuff, which was a blessing. She said, okay, you'll hear from us in 30 to 60 days. Ten days later... We get a call from a man from Chase. He says, I'm going to make your day. We said, oh, okay. You know, we're thinking, 
what is this? We weren't supposed to hear from them for a while. And they don't get back to you because they've got stacks of you know, applications. He said, you have been chosen for a special plan that Chase is doing. And in the conversation, we realized this had nothing to do with our application for the HAMP program. This was Chase doing it, the bank. He said, uh, we want to give you a new loan. Uh, we want to modify your loan. We want to give you a 29-year fixed rate at 5%. We don't want to change your payment. Your payment will stay the same. And we want to forgive $101,000 of your loan. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, Listen. We're, we're just like you. We just come here and we hear this. But I'm going to tell you something. what the word that you hear in this place, it's for real. These, we little, kept favor, asking, these little favor confessions. Let me tell said, them this. We kept asking the gal when we were making the application, well, are, are they doing any debt forgiveness to, to get the ratio down? You know, because they, they want your ratio to be, your payment to be about 31% of your income. Are they doing any of that? You know, so it'll get, oh no, I haven't seen any of that going on. And I you know, I've been confessing for months. No, we have debt elimination, debt cancellation. We have the favor, supernatural, you know, and Tom wrote an awesome letter of hardship. You have to do that when you do the application, but it, it outlined everything that had happened to us in like two pages with the ratios. And I think somebody saw it, to be quite honest. Somebody saw it and said, this is lawsuit material. We need to take care of this right now. Um, and they also said that, you know, of those 22,000 loans, we're in like the two percentile of those loans that they acquired from WAMU. I see us, we're the tip of the spear. We are going forth. We were like one of the first ones to be, to be granted this, but there are going to be others. And we prayed the price, not just for us, but for others as well. And oftentimes, that's what God, God's going to have you do. You're going to be the icebreaker for other people. Your victory will affect other people. It affects Praise others. God. It'll open the door. Amen. Break that door down. Break the oppression of the Amen. enemy. It's time for debt free. It is. You got to stay out of fear and be, it, you know, we were praying the other day and it's like, I got this picture of the bulldog. You got to be like a bulldog. When God tells you to do something, you grab on, you don't quit. You do not let go. To the death, you do not let go. Do you know what mortgage means? It means a debt to the death. That mort, you know, mortuary, that's what it means. Debt to the death. Well, I'm not having no debt to the death. I'm getting rid of this debt in Jesus' name. I'm not, we are paying off the whole thing. This is just the beginning. I have just begun to fight. Amen. Praise God. I, I contacted the uh, individual that was working with us at 5050 Broadway over there in Oakland, the Chase representative, and she said, they said what on the telephone? We, just a few, few hours after the phone call, there's a FedEx package. And they said, just sign this and return it. No extra appraisal, no nothing. Just bam, it's done. I remember preaching a message that he's the God of the turnaround. I live this. Regardless of what happens to me, I'm living this. I'm doing this. Because it's not for me. It's I want the gospel to go out. 
But that was confirmed. There, what's this paper? I talked to a lawyer and uh, he, he went through it and he goes on to say this. Or I, I wrote this to him in my, in my cover as I sent him the contract to review. Um, it says, our hardship affidavit, which we're including for your review, is what we feel spawned the offer, which we think is a good offer, almost too good to be true. Listen to this. And not seen by Chase Case Advisors at the Home Help Office in Oakland. So rare, in fact, that our case advisor, uh, Kim Singh, asked that we bring the contract to her for review to determine if it was some sort of scam. Nevertheless, we need advice whether to proceed in this and that. I want you to know something. God is doing the unusual, the amazing. He is doing out beyond. He is outdoing himself. What? Say that again. Oh, well, she says we doubled our building fund payment. Don't forget to tell him that. Yes, in the process, we also doubled our building fund payment. All right, so let's, let's just take a few moments to talk about positioning yourself for a provisional miracle. Praise God. Just a couple words about provisional miracles that are, they're all over the Bible, friends. You know, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah at the brook Cherub, the Lord gave him instruction, do this, go there, and I'm, I'm gonna, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So being at the right place at the right time is important. You've got to obey the instruction of the Lord. And so there he went, sat under the brook, and he says, Thou shalt drink of the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you. So he was, as Mark Brzee said, having barbecue steak every night. And it, it was good as those ravens would come in at the king's barbecue. Who has king in a time of famine? Who's the only person that has steak? The king. So the raven goes, <laughs> grabs the steak. Oh, thank you very much. A little more salt, please. But there's something about that you've got to realize... Sometimes one, it, it says that the brook dried up. Human nature likes things to just last forever. Friends, that's fear. You're thinking that this supply right here is going to, you get one tank of gas and it's going to last you forever. It doesn't work that way in the walk of faith. Brooks will dry up here. Then there's a change of season. Then you just step over here. There's always a place for you to be. You've got to believe that. If there's a change of living situation, a change of job, you've got to understand that God has already made provision. It's just another place of supply for you. And we are standing with you for those of you that are believing God for jobs. Many have already gotten them, praise God. And we shout victory for you. Many in the room have already tasted of this, praise the Lord. But then... He went, of course, to the debt, debt canceling oil supply in Second Kings chapter four, one through seven. He went to the to the uh, uh, widow, and he said to the widow, "You, you know." Um, she came to him, actually, and said, uh, look, the, the creditors are knocking down my door. They want to take my children away. In other words, she's in a bad way. And this is, what, this is what, the, uh, what the prophet said to her, and this is what the Spirit of God is saying to you. He said, what do you have in your home? What do you have? Friends, you always have something. What is that something that you have? What do you have in your hand? What skill? What is it that you have? Don't ever say, I don't have anything. That's cursing what God is giving you. What do you have? And she said, well, I, I, I have a pot of oil. He said, that's perfect. 
says, all right, go and borrow all these vessels. How many of you remember the story? And bring all the vessels in. And then he said, shut the door behind you. So they got all the vessels. And he says, and borrow not a few. In other words, make big plans. And this was debt-canceling material, friends, because when they shut the door and began to pour the oil, it said that the oil kept pouring. It kept pouring. It kept pouring. It kept pouring. The supply kept pouring until they got to the last vessel. And when they got to the last one, she, she asked her son, son, bring me the next one. She goes, mama, that's it. There's no more. And once, once uh, that uh, last vessel was filled, it says that the oil was stayed. In other words, it stopped pouring. But I want you to know what the, what the command of the... Of the uh, uh, prophet was after she gave the report she says prophet guess what happened I have all this oil now he says good go and sell it pay off your debts and then live off the rest hallelujah that was a miracle of debt cancellation praise God I'm excited for that oh, of course I'll just go through these real fast in Matthew 17 24 there was miracle tax paying power Jesus said go to the Throw a hook in and then pull it up. The first fish, there's a coin in there and you'll get to pay your taxes. Hallelujah. How many of you like that? Let's go fishing somebody. How many you <laughs> pay our taxes? Go. Don't, don't be nervous about Alameda County taxes going up to 10%. Praise God. Know that there is a supply for you. Amen. There was the miracle catch. You know, whenever you lend yourself to the Lord to use for Him to use something of yours, you're going to be blessed. Jesus steps into a boat. Push off a little bit, son. Thank you. Starts to preach. And then after he's done, he says, Now, uh, excuse me, Mr. Fisherman, Peter, go ahead and launch out to the deep for a, for a catch. And Peter says, Hey, man, we fished all day. Nevertheless, at thy word, we'll let down the net. What happened? He let down the net. What happened? Boat sinking, net breaking, called partners in. He realizes this is absolutely amazing. Amplified Bible says he was astonished at the level and the magnitude of the supply that God brought. But he got personally blessed on that. Not only his company, he also stepped into the company of Christ. Hallelujah. He says, from now on you'll be a fisher of men. Can you see that? How about miracle transportation? Jesus said he's planning a trip into Jerusalem to make that grand entry. And he says, miracle transportation. Hallelujah. Talk about pimp my ride. He says, go over there. There's going to be a, there's going to be a donkey. Check it out. There's a donkey in her. And, and the other one says, bring both of them. If anybody asks you, says the master have needs, no problem. They go get that. Mm, bring it on in that little escalade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, the master has needs. Oh, no problem. No problem. They pimp their ride. Hallelujah. All the way in. Praise God. First class. Hallelujah. Here's a thought. You don't always have to own the beach to enjoy the beach. Come on, somebody. Did y'all catch that? You don't always have to own the beach. And by the way, the things that you own, remember, remember, understand something about things, stuff that you own. It's just something that you use for a period of time. And after you're done using it or there's no more use for it, then you give it to somebody else. And then they'll use it. Woe unto you rich men, it says in the book of James, that your, your, your riches have, have, your gold is cankered and moths and rust and all this. What's the problem? Stuff that just sat around. You need to start putting your stuff to use. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Moving right along. So that was the pimp my ride. Hallelujah. How about Genesis 21? It says there was a water supply that was unveiled. I've found a lot of times the things that you need are right in front of your face, but you can't see it. The devil's trying to mess you up, trying to get you worried. But you see, it tells me that at Hagar, you know, and her son, uh, 
Ishmael were out there, it says in verse 19 of Genesis 21, and God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. A lot of times the answer and the supply to your need is right in front of your face, but you can't quite see it. Well, there are great and hidden things. He says, call unto me and I will answer and show you great and mighty hidden things that you can't see. That's why we pray in this church, give me a spirit of seeing and a spirit of knowing. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So then there's also wisdom that leads the way to provision. You may be the wise person that sees in advance. Joseph saw in advance. There were seven great, great years that Egypt played a major role. And that came by advance notice by the Spirit of God. And Joseph was promoted from the dungeon to the palace. Hallelujah. And he had the plan. It says that the entire world was in a famine. Friends, you can't get away from famines. Famines are coming. But we have a promise in the Bible that he will satisfy us with good in a year of famine. It also says in Job, at sickness and disease and at famine, I will laugh. Hallelujah. So praise God. We've got to get, we've got to change. The, this is the new normal. You can't live the way we used to live. Praise God. In 2nd in Kings 7, the entire economy was changed in one day. You know the stories about the lepers. God can do something in one day, friends. He can do something in one day. Keep your faith out for America. I said, keep your faith out for America and keep your faith out for the kingdom of God that you could be a conduit of blessing for her. In one day, you know the story about the four lepers. They came, they said, why sit we here till we die? Let's get up and let's do something. You know, so they went and then they started eating, went to the next end, eating, collecting things, buried, eating, says, this ain't right. Let's go to something. The person that did not believe the report was the one that was trampled at the gate. But in a day, in one day, in a city where they were eating their own babies, come on, somebody help me, for food, the price of bread came way down. Can God set a table in the wilderness? Somebody said, yes, He can. So the lepers took initiative. God's getting involved in your business. Hallelujah. So that was, a, that was a turnaround. And of course, I talked about Genesis 31. You could read this on your own. Jacob had a bad contract with Laban. Sounds like a bad loan. You know, he said, he said to, 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 to Laban, he says, You changed my wages ten times on me. And it wasn't good news. It sounds like an adjustable mortgage. Huh? <laughs> you changed it on me ten times. But God saw his labor. God gave him a plan. You know, the speckled things and the speckled ones. God's got... You are anointed, friends. You are anointed to prosper and make your way prosperous right here in the nasty now and now. Just like in Egypt when there was a plague going throughout the land, but there was light in the camp. of There were flies in Egypt, but not in the land of Goshen. Come on, friends. There was fresh water, everything good. All the cattle died over there in Egypt, but not over here in in Goshen. Why? Because he said in his word, I'm making a difference between you and the Egyptians. Friends, I'm here to tell you that God wants to make a difference between you and an unbeliever. The person that doesn't want to say one nation under God. The person that doesn't want to pray and believe and say. The person that absolutely uh, uh, is hard against the Lord. He wants to make a difference from that to the saint that's at home every day on their knees before God. I love you. Everything that I am is for you, Jesus. I invite your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. 
God wants to make a difference between that kind of a person than the other kind of a person. Are you listening to me? And in the middle are all the talking heads on TV trying to tell you how it's all going to be. But that's not how it's going to be. It's going to be the way God says. He declares the end from the beginning. And you, friends, can declare and say what the Spirit of God tells you to say. And not one of your words will fall to the ground. God will hold it if you say what He tells you to say. Stay with it. Hallelujah. Stay with it. Praise the Lord. So, well, let's talk about... Let's talk about, oh boy, praise the Lord. How many of you are excited today for God's miracle power? It's, it's amazing. He is absolutely amazing. Ezekiel 21, 27. Just a thought for those of you that have lost things. Just, I want to put that one. I love that scripture. It came out. The, Ezekiel 21, 27. God is the God of the turnaround. Pastor Kimberly uh, quoted from Psalms 126 that says, When the Lord turned our captivity, we were as those that dream. Then say then they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them, whereof we are glad. Hallelujah. But when she went on to quote that part about that, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Hallelujah. Bearing precious seed. Pre- friends, what makes something precious when it's scarce? Is that right? When the, the more scarce something is, the more precious it is. And so, if you're, you're all bearing precious seed, praise the Lord, just rejoice, because God's turning things around. Hallelujah. I, put, I want to put this up there. This will be my closing scripture. I love this scripture. God is the God of the turnaround, right? Put that up there for me in the King James Version. It's fine. Ezekiel 21, verse 27. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 21, 27. Actually, I'll start reading it. Praise the Lord. I, says the Lord, you know, will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more, and he, until he come whose right it is, and I will give it to him. Now, let me, can you put that, read that with me. Overthrow, overthrow, I will make it overthrown. It shall be no longer until he comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. That's the new King James. King James is a, says overturn. See, God is in the business of turning things. He's turning hearts. He's turning relatives' hearts. He's turning situations. You know, as you pray, don't, don't you doubt for a minute. You stay in faith. You're not late. You're right on time. You're not late. You're not behind. You're right where you're supposed to be as you follow God with all your heart. Praise God. And what you thought was a setback ain't really. You know, we tried. Had we tried in, in last September to do something, and we would not have gotten as good of a result as we got this September. If you're fighting for your home, friends, if you're fighting for your health, there's no time like the present. Keep the pressure. You keep doing, you keep asking, seeking and knocking. You will not be denied. God is in the job of overturning situations. Hallelujah. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody shout to the Lord with a voice, voice of triumph. The voice of triumph. That's all we have time for today, friends. I trust you've been blessed. God is good to us. Every head bow, every eye closed.